Hey everybody, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing today? I'm okay. It's been a busy but exciting day. And yourself? Very busy. Yeah. Very busy. Very busy. You're not wrong on that one. We're, we're in the process of possibly selling our house so Which we've been is, doing some cleanup oh and like boy. ridiculous cleanup like stuff that you'd be like i'll get to that one day well that day has come yeah and it's kind of a pain in the butt yeah it sucks mm-hmm. i'm not a fan i'm mm-hmm. not a fan but you know what i am a fan of mm-hmm. talking about fun movies mm-hmm. and before we get into the, our show for this week for this movie that we watched for this week mm-hmm. i have a surprise for you <gasps> we have it's not a fun surprise you're not going to get a present or anything. I like presents. Sorry, there's no present here. Hmm. You probably were all like, what is he going to give me? What am I, am I getting a fun treat? There is no treat here. There is mm-hmm. only statistics. Okay. So last week was episode 20 of the show. Okay. So I have compiled a bunch of statistics about the episodes that we have done so far, being 20 episodes in. Okay. Okay. So I just thought it'd be fun. And it'd be, I also thought it would be fun to revisit these every so often as well. Okay. Okay. So 20 episodes. You pick 10 movies. I've picked 10 movies. Okay. We've had five guests. Okay. I am the most positive out of both of us. I'm shocked by that. I have given 12 movies double butter scores. Well, you have given 11 movies double butter scores. But have you factored in how many burnts versus not burnts? I was about to say, okay. I am the most negative, having given <laughs> three burnts to your one burnt. So I'm just very neutral. Very neutral. Yes, you have eight planes given out, and I have five planes given out. Interesting. So, so there's some stats on you there. Number of movies by decade. Mm. The 1970s, we have done one film. Okay. The 1980s, we have done five films. Okay. The 1990s. We have done 13 films, mm-hmm. and the 2000s, we have done one film. Haven't we done one from the 60s? No. No, we have not. We have not. We have not. Not, not I, I take it to mean that that means that there are plans to come. No, not specifically. Okay, well, I haven't got any movies from the 60s lined up. Yeah, so me either. Maybe, maybe someday. Our guests, I mean, I suppose we should know because we have them on specifically to talk about those movies, but our guests have been fairly positive. Four out of five guests have given the movie that they reviewed a double butter. That's, yeah. Well, you know, they're movies that they wanted to watch. It makes sense. And of the favorite of the decades, what what decade do you think? I mean, it's, it's 90s. obvious. Yours is the 90s and mine is also the 90s. Yeah. Well, of those of, movies. You had to do it by like percent. Okay. Well, percentage wise, 80% of the movies that you have picked have been in the 90s and 50% of the movies I have picked have been in the 90s. Wow. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. I, I'm I have it a little more wide open than you do, but so there you go. I figured we could do these every, every 20 episodes or so. We could look at the stats and see where we are. Have, have we become more jaded as we go on? Have we just picked better or worse movies? Who knows? We'll see at around episode 41 the next time we do that kind of stat. I but mean, I, fair. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that would be a fun thing to do after 20 episodes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But on to this week's episode, episode 21. This week, we will be talking about Interview with the Vampire, colon, The Vampire Chronicles, which originally hit theaters back in 1994. So you want me to tell you the story of my life? I'll tell you my story. I'll tell you all of it. I'm flesh and blood, but not human. I haven't been human for 200 years. From the novel by Anne Rice. Life has no meaning anymore, does it? His name is Lestat. But what if I could give it back to you? Pluck out the pain and give you another life. One you could never imagine. He chose one man. He gave him infinite power. Eternal life. And then he took the light of day. You're a vampire. 
never knew what life was until it ran out in a red gush over your lips. I can't stand this any longer. You made us what we are, didn't you? God kills indiscriminately, and so shall we. You like dying? You condemn me to hell! trying to come up with something that would sound like spooky sort of like old that wasn't spooky or old yeah i don't know it always sounds like the wayne's world yeah you know but but like you're doing a bad job of the wayne's world thing terrible because wayne's world kind of stinks now but whatever (laughs) spoiler for a previous episode yeah uh so november of 94 let's go back shall we yes interesting First topic I saw was of like historical stuff that happened there. A lot of death. Gonna skip it. So <laughs> November 3rd, a lot of space stuff actually the first week in November. So listen to this. On November 3rd, astronomers find Spiral Nebula Dwingelu 1. Dwingelu 1? D-W-I-N-G-E-L-L, or sorry, E-L-O-O 1. Okay. On the same day, space shuttle STS-66 slash Atlantis 13 launches and there's a total solar eclipse in south america all on the same day and then on november the 4th suyez tm-20 lands in kazakhstan wow we are not done the space stuff and then on november 5th space probe ulysses completes first passage behind the sun look at that interesting right yeah and speaking of technology bill gates buys leonardo da vinci's codex for 30.8 million dollars that's a fun thing you can do when you're rich. Well, you know what he actually did, though? Because it's not like when people think Da Vinci, they immediately think of art. Yes. But it wasn't art. It's it's a it's a book of science and, and like drawings and engineering and all that kind of fun stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a scientific text. He actually had it scanned and put on like a carta and stuff. That was like the first, now it's on display. Oh. So he, he was actually buying it to like share the knowledge in it, which is really cool. See, this is the kind of stuff that like last time when i was like you should go into more that's why i googled it yeah good work good work this is one for mike i don't know how many other people will care but this was specifically for you on november 25th sony founder akio morita announces he will be stepping down as ceo of the company and then one for laura november 28th convicted serial killer jeffrey dahmer (laughs) is clubbed to death by fellow inmate christopher scarver in the columbia correctional institute gymnasium in portage wisconsin only the most fun stuff for Laura. I know. It <laughs> <laughs> was a nice bookend there for the end. It was like, don't worry, hunt. The first one was a lot of death, so I didn't do it. By the way. Here's some death. Yeah. Mind you, it was 400 versus one. Fair. The guy who deserved it. That's fair. That's fair. So anyway, shall we talk about the box office? Of course. In let's do it. And this is November 94. November 1994. So when I was looking back at November, it was a little interesting because most years so far that we've looked at, there's always one movie that dominates the box office for three or four weeks. So that didn't happen in 1994 until the last movie, re- like, well, not the last movie released of the year, but last hit released of the year, Dumb and Dumber. That was mm-hmm. the only movie that year that was consecutively number one for more than two weeks. Movies like Forrest Gump were number one for more than two weeks, but not four or five weeks straight. They right. would have like a week, another movie, a week another movie two weeks another movie so it was a little interesting to see because like that doesn't happen but before interview with the vampire the top movie was stargate oh, okay and before that it was pulp fiction interestingly enough pulp fiction very low draw just nothing else coming out then because like it kept brought in nine million whereas interview with the vampire brought in 36 million i suppose it's early you know early tarantino right like people oh for sure really... but like nothing else beat it at such low numbers so it must have yeah. been just a Good crap week at the box office well before that was the specialist and the river wild and then time cop before that time so cop people should have just been going back to see forrest gump probably. people should have been going to see time cop anyway so i've never interview... actually seen time cop so you've never seen you, you i've seen it. i know 
And we were going to watch it at some point. We didn't. We watched The Quest. I should have put Time Cop as... Are you sure? Because I've watched Time Cop. The only thing I've seen of Time Cop, the only thing I've seen in Time Cop is when he does the splits in the kitchen. And that's the only scene in that movie I've seen. Anyway. (laughs) Is that even in that movie or is that a different movie? I don't remember. We watched Street Fighter and we Mm -hmm. watched Hard Target. Because we have a four pack. Yes. Time Cop's not bad. I've never seen it. That's part of the reason why. I mean, we got it. Throw it it on the list because I've seen it. There you go. So anyway. Interview with the Vampire came in at $36.3 million and broke Lethal Weapon 3's record for the highest weekend debut for an R-rated film and Dracula's record for highest weekend debut of a vampire film. Pretty sure that got demolished by Twilight. Probably. Anywho, uh, it was beaten a week later by Star Trek Generations. Oh, fancy. A movie I'm pretty sure you want to do in the future. At some point. I mean. We should probably finish Star Trek. The next, the next generation because we were rewatching like it. what season three we are on season four okay because the last episode we watched was the season premiere of season four because Ooh, it was a two-part back to that we, we should play video games and doing podcasts yeah we've totally screwed up our watching star trek nights by yeah. watching and movies x-files and, too of course top three movies of the year were forrest gump with 329.6 million lion king with 312.8 million and True Lies with 146.2 million. True Lies is a movie I'd love to do. That's a great yep. movie. It's a great movie. I can already tell you that's a that's a double butter. Uh, <laughs> Interview with the Vampire was number 11 with 105.2 million. Um, I do want to note that this is the film that launched Brad Pitt's career. Before this, he he really wasn't a known actor. And in the next year, he really became a big star with leads in movies like Legend of the Fall, Seven, Twelve Monkeys. And just went on from there. And he, then he was in a show, not show crow, uh, Shania Twain song. He was in the song or in the video? He was in the song. He's in the song. Because yeah, he don't impress her much. Oh, yeah. That's ah! right. Yeah, that's right. So, dear. Mm-hmm. What are your memories of Interview with a Vampire? I, I have seen it before. We watched it recently. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, like obviously 94, I would have been in grade four. Which, when we were watching this movie, it became a scene of like backdraft of like, why did you know why why did our parents let us watch this? Yeah, I feel like this was another like the not quite aunt situation because Mm. she loves vampire movies. So I feel like we would have been watching this with her. But there was stuff in it because you were you were talking to me and you're like you asked me if I'd ever seen it and I said yeah I remember this scene specifically very well and I remember other scenes from the movie as well. That was really it. Like, I remember the bones of the movie. I don't remember yeah. the movie, you know? Same. Like, I remember scenes, but not... Same. There were some scenes where, like, even before we watched it, I was like, I remembered exact beats of some scenes and yeah. what happened, but not where they sat in the film mm-hmm. and how they got to that scene and what happened after and the context of the scene. But there were some scenes where I was like, I know exactly these scenes yeah so which i'm sure we will discuss as we come to them as yeah we discuss the movie but yeah same like my parents rented this from the local video store and let me watch it which i mean i don't see why because i definitely had nightmares after watching the buffy the vampire slayer movie so i don't know why they let me watch this movie yeah because it's definitely i would say this is definitely I've, i haven't seen buffy the vampire slayer the movie in a long oh, I think time you hadn't seen i've seen it. it i've seen it the only thing i you know what i remember about that movie the only thing I remember with that movie is the scene where Pee Wee Herman, because he's the main evil. Well, not the. I don't he's know if he's not the main. The, he's he's the like henchman. the henchman. Yes. Again, I don't remember, but he, I remember it was Pee Wee Herman. Is it his death scene? It's the scene where he's like, "We vampires can do anything," and she's like, "Oh yeah, clap!" And this is after he has like an arm chopped off, so he only has one arm. No. So that's the only thing in that movie I remember. Yeah, no, I definitely had a nightmare from that movie, and yet somehow my parents let me watch this. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, my parents made some interesting choices. Well, I mean, yeah, I think we've established that by now that a lot of things that we have seen, we shouldn't have been seeing at the ages we Look, saw. I make jokes about like letting our kid watch Halloween when he's six, but you know, I'm not going to let him watch Halloween when he's six. I will not let you. You can't tell me what to do. You can't be around him forever. Anyway. Anyway. So the movie itself is very literal. The interview with a vampire. Because it starts out with Christian Slater interviewing brad pitt yeah the movie louis louis Louis. it's probably louis because he's french i think they everyone calls him louis yeah he's louis because he's a 
at least in the book, he's a French immigrant. Have you read the book? No. Oh, okay. But I know of the book. Well, obviously, because the book was famous enough to be a movie. Well, and that's the thing. This screenplay is written by Anne Rice, and I'm sure there's actual screenwriters who have come in and kind of peppered it through, right? Gussied it up, but like it is very much you can you can very much tell it is the author wrote the screenplay type movie. And why is that? We'll discuss it at the end. Okay. <laughs> but like, so the first thing you meet, or first team is obviously Slater and Pitt, and they're discussing it. And you see Brad Pitt for the first time, and I'm sure. In 1994, low definition on the big screen and all that, he looked smoking sexy. And in this, I was like, his wig is bad. His contacts <laughs> are terrible. Christian Slater looks great. But like, I literally wrote down immediately, why didn't they just cast Benicio Del Toro? Because he looks just like Benicio Del Toro in this. I mean, it worked out. We got Brad Pitt out of it, right? I understand. But like in this movie, the way his makeup and hair and contacts are and everything, he just likes, looks like Benicio Del Toro. And I'm like, is that what they were going for? Because he's not French. Well, the one thing that I that I was funny with what you talk about, how the, the vampires looked. I was reading the trivia about this movie and it said that the, the makeup process was long. Yeah. And... And what they had to do was the the actors hung upside down so that the veins would pop out, like the blood would rush to their head. And then they used that as like a template to like paint veins on their face to make Didn't it look they like they would. take a picture? Yeah. Why do they hang them upside down? I mean, I wouldn't have known once, the difference. Once if, is fine. Well, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't have known the difference if they had just drawn squiggles on their face every like. Yeah, whoever's like, idea was that was a bad idea they think there's an entire audience full of people who are like those veins are in the wrong spot like no, no no one would have noticed right like and then and this just leads me into like that makeup process just sounds goofy it, it sounds like a lot of work for something that doesn't really matter <laughs> like and i feel like it doesn't look that great overall that might be my review of this movie <laughs> <laughs> it's a Seems lot, like a of, lot work. of work for something that doesn't look that great <laughs> it doesn't really matter okay <laughs> oh you're getting into it early are we yeah, is this but, two glasses of wine laura no uh one and pizza right. Fresh pizza but no like so the movie starts, Brad Pitt is lamenting that his wife and child are dead and he's miserable and he's seeking out death. And then he meets Lestat and Lestat is because like I've seen Queen of the Damned several times mm -hmm. and I read into the lore of the vampires from Anne Rice's stuff at that point. And like I know about Lestat is like this uber sexual sexy like ultimate vampire like sex symbol yeah like i know about lestat outside of the yeah. film as, so you know just as, as like a pop culture and then thing. you see it's tom cruise and like i understand tom cruise was like the biggest star in the world at this point and he's one of the few stars that has had that kind of longevity even through scandals yeah but like he's like the biggest star in the world so whatever and but i'm like I'm sure in 1994, lots of ladies were very pleased seeing Tom Cruise as a vampire. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> in 1994 or, or the other night? The other night. Okay. He just, and then like literally, so he approaches Lewis and like they fly through the air while he bites Lewis's neck. And it's all, I wrote down, it's like, okay, it's all a wee bit goofy. And then after that, I was like, and it's also a wee bit gay. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, oh crap, I can't say that on the show unless I have something to back it up. And a very quick Google is like, no, 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 no. You're right. Like, there's a lot of articles about the gay subtext and everything mm -hmm. else in this movie. So I'm like, okay, I'm not saying the wrong thing here, good, foot good. not in mouth. Excellent. There's actually been a lot of people who know a lot more than I do that have confirmed I am not wrong in this assumption. Because... Mm -hmm it is and then like very quickly which i get because like brad pitt is the vampire that's doing the interview so he has to be a vampire pretty quickly yes and then like immediately brad pitt's trying to not uh tom cruise is teaching lestat is teaching lewis louis how to be a vampire right and he's like oh there's there's a sex worker and she's all sexy and tom cruise is like seducing her and i'm just like there is 
nothing coming from Tom Cruise towards this lady. Mm-hmm. But like, can I say they're living with like in, in Louis plantation? Cause yeah. Louis has slaves. He's yeah. Not, that, that was one thing that I was like, Hmm, he's not a good person. No, no, no. As much as they like try to make him up to be like this tragic figure. I, I kept going back to, yeah, but he owned those slaves. Yeah. In the South. And then the the slave who cared for him, who was actually Tandy Newton. Yeah, and I doesn't noticed, even look like Tandy Newton. The funny thing is, too, is she's actually in the credits, yeah. like in the opening credits. She has of the a movie. lot of lines at the end of the movie, but she's only in the movie for like five minutes. Quite a few of the characters I found, besides Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and Kirsten Dunst, everyone else is in this movie for like five minutes tops. Well, Antonio Banderas is in it for a little longer than that. It's like five he's, minutes he's like, total. He's like 10 minutes. Maybe. Tops. Yeah. But he, Antonio Banderas is a big enough actor to, I mean, even especially Christian. in that time period. Yeah. But like he, nobody really has a ton of screen time. And even then the stat isn't even for half of it. So like whatever, but they, they live in this plantation for a while. And Louis's whole thing is he doesn't want to, kill people he's a good person and he's like i have a healthy respect for life but he owns slaves yeah. well at least he lots of them at least he freed them after he burned his house down <laughs> and murdered one of them yeah was, he killed tandy newton but was that by accident he still killed her it's true it's it's at the he still killed his slave he's killed a slave he's killed a slave yeah it yeah. wasn't even manslaughter he actually did the act of killing her. Yes. It wasn't an accident. He killed her. He's not a good person. No. But yeah, she looks so young. Also, like Tom Cruise is constantly making fun of Brad Pitt for not wanting to drink human blood. And he like at one point rings out a dead rat into a wine glass. And I'm like, this movie is so goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Like and the, this, he does it a whole like Rats are getting eaten left and right. In this Chickens movie. too. And yeah. Like, birds. And also, so one of the things that's big in the movie is they can't, the, the vampire lore is in this universe is you can't drink someone who's dead. Yes. Because you'll catch their death. Apparently, yeah. So, like, if you are drinking blood from a human, you have to stop before the heartbeat stops. Yes. They can die after because of massive blood loss. But as long as you stop before the heartbeat stops. So, fine. But, like, they never show any of them actually drinking that much blood. It's like, I mean, I guess in terms of the cinema, it would be hard to show them, like, because the human body holds a fair bit of blood. It's true. They'd be chugging for a while, but they're like, it's not like they've got like, you know, they're not doing a keg stand. <laughs> yeah, no, no. They're, they're not. not shotgunning people, right? No, like, they're not. So they, but they, they'll be like drinking blood for like 10 seconds and they'll be like, oh, oh, make sure you stop before the heart stops. Yeah, it's yeah. like, they've lost maybe a thimble. I, like, uh, I was going to make a very gross comment. I'm going to. But no. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> I already know. I don't even. You don't even need to say it. But it's like a thimble full of blood that these people are sucking, and then they're like, "Oh, oh, they're going to die," and it's like, "No, they're not." I, I forgot that that one woman starts like dying because she got bit on the boob. Yes, <laughs> that was a scene I didn't remember yeah. from the original. I don't know. And then Lestatus. I don't know, so jealous about like Louis, like he's terrified that he's going to leave. So yeah. So he does something to make him stay. So he creates Kirsten Dunst. Claudia is a little girl whose mother dies of the plague. And like, I feel like I remember, cause I remember that that's a scene I remember very clearly is her holding on to her dead mom. Who's not a really good dead body. No. No. And then Tom Cruise dancing with the corpse, which I remembered, but I was like, oh, I don't remember it being this goofy. I don't remember Tom Cruise dancing with the, the corpse. I remember I remember Claudia becoming a vampire when she like And the, the curls spiral out and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, tell you what. I wrote one note for this entire movie. What? One note. Oh boy. And it was <laughs> Tom Cruise mentions that vampires all have different dark gifts. His apparently is that he can read minds. 
Brad Pitts is apparently that he has the fingernails of a bag lady. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Claudia is, is that she gets friggin' magical curls <laughs> from when she when she becomes a vampire. <laughs> like magic immediately magic. Bag lady nails. Of a bag lady. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> oh my god, that is the only thing. Oh wow, I that's the what... only note I wrote down. The entire but the movie. whole thing is just so goofy. So they make this girl a vampire, and like I'm just like, I remember that so clearly. And like uh, Tom Cruise buying her dolls, and then they're like talking about how she's their daughter, and I'm like, this movie is so so gay, but like <laughs> not in a bad way. But it's very obvious because like. I don't know really when the rumors about Tom Cruise's sexuality became, because this is pre-internet, yeah. pre like couch jumping and Katie Holmes. And he was married. When did he marry Nicole Kidman? That was around this time. Cause yeah. it was after. Cause he was married oh, to Mimi was, Rogers first. What's the movie that he did where. Days of Thunder? Not Days of Thunder. A, I mean, she's in that, but there's another movie they did together. And I think they're married in that one. It's the one where they're like, they're like land rushing and they're Irish immigrants. Yeah, it's like Come From Away or something like that. Call Meanie's in it. The guy, Chief O'Brien, he's in it too. Really? Yeah, it, the entire movie is about them like coming to America and he speaks in a terrible Irish accent the entire movie. Well, that's the other thing too. It's like he's supposed to be like this French sexy vampire and he's not. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. But like, and then like, Yeah. And like uh, I love that you're just like and then uh, uh like <sighs> Claudia becomes very rebellious, which I mean a girl of her age is want to do. Mm. Especially a girl of her age who can't Yeah, so he was married to Nicole Kidman from nineteen ninety to two thousand and one. So I mean Far and away. Far and away. Far and away yeah. is the movie. Wow, he divorced Mamie Rogers and like immediately married Nicole Kidman. At least he had a little break after Nicole before Katie Holmes. Anyway. Anyway. But like Claudia understandably starts acting out, murdering indiscriminately. She's, she's got a bloodlust. She's, she's a, very angry. She's the 30 year old, 12 year old. Or no, yeah. no. Like she's, well, she, there, she is 12, but she's, she's 12 supposed forever. to be younger. Yeah. In the book, she's younger. Yeah. But like the time jumps forward very quickly. But none of the like fashion does when they when it became the 1800s and they all just started wearing these terrible top hats. Yeah, like that top hat that Brad Pitt was wearing was atrocious. It was yeah. the worst top hat I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But like, so she's been a vampire. She's been 12 years old for 30 years. For 30 years. So I understand. So she, at one point, like she sees a woman naked bathing. In an apartment. Yeah, she just and sees she's her staring the at her. And then we find out very shortly after she's murdered this woman and hidden her bed under her dolls. Yes. And like And some amount of time has passed because she's decaying. Which is stupid because she lives with two other vampires. Vampires are heightened senses. Yeah, they make comments about smelling death all the time. And they don't smell this rotting, festering corpse in Claudia's bed. None of it makes sense. No. None it of it very makes weird. sense. It was really weird. But then, so they get mad at Lestat and they're like, he'll never let us leave. So Claudia's like, all right, I'll just kill him. Which yeah, this 12 year old girl murders. This to be fair, she's like 52. Fair, yes. But does she have the maturity level of a 12 year old or a 52 year old? I, it would be hard to, I would say it. it it's probably a, somewhere in between and fluctuates, right? On some certain things. Yeah. Because like hormones and everything that would never have developed and brain development. So it's hard to say. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you've got life experience. Yeah. So they, she tricks him into eating, like drinking blood from a dead kid. And then they like throw him in a swamp. And then he comes back and then they light him on fire. And like. What I will say, though, is I actually felt like the makeup of zombie Lestat was actually the best makeup in the entire. Agreed. Movie. That actually looked really good. I have to agree with you 100%. I had no qualms about how he looked. When they were dumping him in the swamp. And when he and was when dying, he too, and he was, like, shriveling up. Like, yeah. that was great. That was very well done. It was, like, the entire budget went to that scene. <laughs> Maybe. Or Tom Cruise's uh, paycheck. Yeah. And then, so, they run off 
as the whole, they are like, oh shoot, this fire because it's still the 1800s. You set a fire in one building and a set of apartments. Yeah, and it, the whole thing's the gone. The entire city goes burns down. Yeah, they burn New Orleans to the ground. And he says at one breast at one point says New Orleans, and I'm just like <laughs> tacky overpriced souvenir stores. Uh, that's all I could think of. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, it's not New Orleans, it's New Orleans. Yeah. Anyway, and they flee to Europe to try to find more of their kind, and it talks about for about ten seconds that they don't, and then they go to France. Yeah, they're like, we but, looked, um, we looked. They they do a montage of. A map of well, not map. It was uh, drawings of where they've been. Mm-hmm. So uh, they flip through like sketch pad. They they flip through Claudia's sketch pad. Who I will say, Claudia is a fantastic artist because clearly she's honed her craft over thirty years. Yeah, she's a great artist. Mm-hmm. I have to say, the art that they did in the the movie is very good as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, again, it was you know a movie, so it's not like she was actually drawing. But that's the thing I thought was really a, a nice detail. I felt was that she was a very good artist despite you know being quote unquote 12 because she's been practicing for 30 years yeah so yeah which is i mean makes sense and then they they go to this they go to france and this vampire finds him he's a weird dude what not not uh armand or whatever his name yeah is. The, other the other one other um so he's like salvio or something like that he's a guy i don't know he's santiago yeah and then so he dances along the roof which i thought was a very good effect but it's not along a roof. Well, no, he 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 does a, he goes like a, he dances up the side a of a tunnel. tunnel yeah, but he dances he dances to the roof. Yeah, it's he, not sorry, a roof. Sorry, the ceiling. It's the top of the tunnel. The ceiling of the tunnel. Whatever. But I thought it was interesting. Like obviously they 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 did that effect by like rotating the camera around as or like in a room or something, but the camera stayed in the same spot because it was very obvious that the the dude's not like the dude has long hair and a cape and nothing drapes around yeah like it all stays gravity correct which yeah. i mean i'm sure on one hand you could be like well they're vampires but no no that's not how that's not how works. that works this fabric doesn't have vampire powers <laughs> like, yeah but like they they're like come to our ballet and the ballet i actually remember like almost shot for shot yeah which is weird because i and i distinctly remember the line brad pitt says is they're vampires pretending to be humans pretending to be vampires and yes they kill this poor girl on stage and that's a hell of a way to disguise yourself yeah and easy pickings to you know it's like oh you're a fan of the show come by my home later yeah, and now you're in the show <sighs> we meet antonio banderas finally like three hours into this movie <laughs> it's a two-hour movie like four hours into this movie <laughs> he's armand and he's the next somewhat antagonistic character and it's so weird because like so they're in Paris and Claudia's like, one of the things they, they talk about when they're there is that killing another vampire is actually illegal. Yeah. In vampire society. Which is like, how do they know? Well, how do they know that he killed him? Yeah. Uh, something along the, he read that Santiago has mind reading powers too. Oh, okay. He doesn't have bag lady powers. Okay. <laughs> and, but like, they're like, oh, Claudia can't take care of herself, but can't. I don't know. They're like, it's like she, she could take care of herself damn fine. She's obviously fine. She just has an attachment to Brad Pitt. Yeah. So she demands Brad Pitt make her a mommy. So who's the lady who sells dolls in Paris? Yeah. So he does. And that was one of the ones where I was like, I remember the scene where the other vampires show up and drag, throw Claudia and the, the mom is yeah. named Madeline. And they throw them in this pit where the sun comes out and it burns them to a crisp. Yeah. And I felt like Madeline was with them for a while before like they had an attachment. But no, like she literally turned into a vampire and immediately basically murdered. Yeah. I was like, well, that's shitty. Yeah. But like so much for eternal life, lady. Yeah. And like a new daughter because her daughter had died. So yeah. she that's why she wanted to do it, so she could have a daughter again. And I'm just like, I remember that. But I remember the scene of them getting tossed in the pit and burning alive. I remember that. That's one of the scenes I remember most from the yeah. film. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt kills all the vampires who did it. Because like, it's like, oh, killing a vampire is illegal. So we're going to kill you. And it's like, what? But I guess that's the death penalty here, too. Right? I suppose. Yeah. Well, not here. In, in Canada. Yeah. In a socialist utopia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I yeah. wish. So he starts cutting people out left and right with a scythe. 
which I thought was actually pretty. That cool. was pretty cool. He like he sets everything on fire, and as they try to like jump out of their coffins, he's like slicey dicey. It's yeah. a scythe from their play. Yes, because of the one guy, he, the Santiago guy, he like dances around with a scythe at the play, yeah. talking about death. And then the sun's coming out as he's leaving, and Armand shows up in like this carriage with this poor kid that they have like they bite all the time. Yeah, he they use him. He it's like the Kool Aid. He's their Kool Aid man. I guess it's he bursts, he, like, he they... bursts through the wall on his horse's carriage. Yeah. And they like oh, yeah. drive away. And then he's like, Armand's like, no, stay with me. And, you know, he's like, and then Brad Pitt's just like, you know what? No, I realize you're the person who made yeah, the order happen. You were behind all of this. And mm-hmm. rather than seek revenge on you, I'm just going to leave. And then he's just like, I'm going to leave. And then, but like, I was like, why? Did Armand do that? And then I, when I Googled it in the book, it's because Armand loved Brad Pitt and was like, I have to keep him to myself. So I have to get rid of the other people. Meanwhile, Claudia was going to go off with the mom anyway. Yeah. So what was the point? Like, there was no point. Again, in this movie, there's just no point. (laughs) So anyway, but like, and that one of the other things Armand says is he is the oldest known vampire at a ripe old age of 400. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Because like I know that in Queen of the Dam, she's like two thousand years old or something. Like she's one of the first vampires. So like, I don't know. Continuity between sequels is lacking. I I did read that it was a pseudo sequel, is what they called it, a pseudo sequel. Yeah. So either way, and then Brad Pitt meets up with. Well, no, because he runs into Lestat again. Yes, he runs into Lestat in the eighties. Yeah, and Brad Pitt. Is like, what are you doing, Lestat? And Lestat's like, oh, the light from a helicopter. I'm like, he's been alive this whole time. He knows what a freaking helicopter is. Okay, what I wanted to know was what the hell was that helicopter doing? Why it, was it searching? Maybe it, for maybe it was looking for crackheads. Maybe. Well, didn't Lestat not look enough like a crackhead for them? Because <laughs> they just oh sat. Oh, God, you're right. Like, they, they hovered up. To the window. With the spotlight. And they fired a spotlight into the window and just sat there. And held it on them. <laughs> and then it left. Like if it was the police, just be like, what are they doing in there? Oh, I don't want to find out. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, that left. one guy looks pretty methy. He's it's pretty like, methy looking. That guy's in a tan jumpsuit, though. I'm going to go. You yeah, know, like, I'm just like, uh, I don't want to deal with this. It seems like some sort of tryst. Yeah, it was very weird. The whole like, so it was like, what was the point of the helicopter except for to shine the light? Which yeah. Makes no sense. Because like if it's it not is- like. Tom Cruise hasn't been around. So he's not like he's been revived. He's been alive the whole freaking time. Yeah, helicopters have been around for a long time. A long time. So, I mean, like, has he just sat in that room and been like, what is that noise? Like, for, for decades? like Maybe. And, like, why has he not tried to, like, just bite someone sooner and, like, get his strength back? That is a question that I had. Jumping ahead. The end of the movie. I mean, Brad Pitt has a scene with Christian Slater where he Christian Slater runs away. And then the end of the movie is Lestat jumps out and he kills Christian Slater. Well, he doesn't kill him, but he bites him. And then he does this because Christian Slater says to Brad Pitt, you have to make me a vampire too. Like if I'm going to tell the story for real, I need to be a vampire and like know the experience. And he's like, I want to be a vampire. And Brad Pitt's like, nah. Yeah. And then Lestat bites this dude and says he's going to offer him the chance to be a vampire. But he's like, oh, now I feel better. Like after he bites the guy, he the way he talks about it, it's like he's the first person that he's drank blood from that wasn't a rat or a bird or something in in forever. And 200, 300 years. Yeah. But but like, so does that mean that like he just because because the scene with Brad Pitt in New Orleans, because the the final scene is in San Francisco. So the in New Orleans, he meets lestat again in like 1988 and then the movie takes place in either 93 or 94 so does that mean that lestat just like followed him yeah for like five not- years and didn't drink a single person's blood in that it meantime make any sense because like and it even like it even says in the like the synopsis of the thing it's like he's revived by malloy which is christian slater's blood it's like he didn't for 200 and some years didn't like think me well, yeah and especially since he was so like into drinking blood like that was kind of his thing he's like i like biting chicks on the boob and drinking their blood yeah and he didn't do that once like he could have just snuck into somebody's house and done it well i guess you couldn't use a vampire 
He could have he he some meth head probably could have walked into his oh, yeah, his meth was, den. Yeah, the like, one that police was looking for. Oh, the, any abandoned building is going to eventually have some squatter in it. Like, yeah, all he has to do is like wait, and someone's going to show up. Like, what was he doing? I don't know. He waiting. He was waiting. One of his vampire powers is is waiting for dramatic effect. Maybe. <laughs> and like he can read minds. He could like know when someone's close by if he's reading minds. And none of this movie makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the Swiss cheese of plot holes. I wanted to touch on this, but you were going so quickly at the beginning. I'm sorry. I, I could, it no, like, no. Oh my it's, God. It's just stuff just keeps happening. It's, it's and none funny. Of it matters. It's funny because it's exactly what I was going to say is that the first 20 minutes, half an hour of the movie it is just so fast that there is no like nothing is given any time to breathe. The, the one thing that I thought of was the scene where Lestat comes into his house after he sees him for the first time and, and like talks about making him a vampire or whatever, there's literally like, I hear a noise and then I'm like, Oh, this is a perfect moment for suspense. And then he just walks out and he's like, Hey, where I am. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like that scene could have lasted a minute longer and have been more interesting, but that's where we are. The whole movie is like, nothing is given enough time to breathe, but everything like I feel like the movie's too long. The movie's too long and nothing is given enough time to breathe. It's 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 too much. Well, that's exactly it. Like so like I said at the beginning, the screenplay is written by the same person who wrote the book, mm-hmm. Anne Rice, and she writes long books. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot to cram into one story. So it's it's not like a short book, mm-hmm. but it's not one of her longer ones either like it's it's about 370 pages long which i mean is a pretty average length for a novel and lots of movies have been made of novels the same length and it's just it's almost like they wanted to cover too much of the content of the novel like by comparison the one that's queen of the damned which the other movie in the duology is based off of is twice the length but like i don't know i feel like i remember that movie actually having like pretty good pay they needed to cut out more and expand the scenes they did have yeah no that's but even then the scenes they did have were all boring so i'm like (laughs) maybe not no that's there's a couple scenes that are, are interesting like the zombie lestat scene was interesting to watch yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i i I don't know it it, i do we have anything more to say about this movie it's just no i mean (laughs) no i think i enjoyed i enjoyed the song choice that plays over the credits what was the song it was sympathy for the devil oh yeah, yeah that's right i enjoyed that choice of song but yeah i mean this might be the shortest episode we ever have. So let's just, let's just muddy through. I mean, like, Hey, let's just well, we the, the, the critical stuff to discuss. And then it's our true. Ratings it's and- true. But I, I'm just saying like, it's, it's just like the, uh, the movie itself where, you know, we're moving through everything so fast because you know, there's it's no just, substance. Well, it's, it's very thin. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, critics in 1994 had thoughts on this movie. So Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? Hey, so, I was shocked. I actually, I waited till I was done writing everything else to look up the Rotten Tomatoes stuff on this movie because I didn't want that to color my review on it either. Mm-hmm. It has a 64% critical approval and a 86% audience score, which I was shocked by. Mm-hmm. I was like, has anybody watched this movie in the last 10 years? <laughs> like, are these remembering it fondly? Like, that's the whole point of this podcast, yeah. right? Gene Siskel said director neil jordan and uh, sorry this i wanted to point out too really did help cement my case that there is nothing wrong with me pointing out the gay subtext of this movie okay because gene siskel says director neil jordan has always had an affinity for undertogs and he has created a film that can be viewed as empathetic to any oppressed group homosexuals may claim it as their own emotional story there you go and i was like not how I would have phrased it, but okay, I get his point. It's uh, a different time. So he, was... he actually 
viewed the movie quite favorably, and so did uh, uh, Ebert. Like, yeah. He he was like, yeah, it's, I think he gave it like a three out of five. And I was like, oh, wow. Or three out of four, whatever his rating is. I was like, okay. Richard Corliss of Time, though, said, why would Tom Cruise be playing Lestat? A gaunt, suave European vampire with a taste for young men. Because a big movie star can do whatever he wants. And I'm like, yeah, that, that answers that question. And not a review, but I did find this actually really entertaining as a tidbit. And I feel like it counts as a review. Okay. Oprah Winfrey walked out of an advanced screening for the movie <laughs> only 10 minutes in. Wow. Because of the gore and dark themes. She even considered canceling an interview with Tom Cruise promoting the film, stating that, I believe there are forces of light and darkness in the world, and I don't want to be a contributor to the force of darkness. Is Oprah afraid of vampires? She might be. (laughs) (laughs) Or possibly just gay vampires. Or Tom Cruise. (gasps) Tom Cruise as a gay vampire. Tom Cruise is a force of darkness. (gasps) Maybe she didn't know. I mean, he did jump he did on jump her on couch. The couch. <laughs> Famously, Kirsten Dunst was nominated for a bunch of awards for her acting, and it launched her career too. Yep. Uh, but this movie won the Golden Raspberry for worst screen combo of Brad and Tom. Nice. Yeah, it's um, it's something. Are we into your review now? I think we're just into your review. I at this think point. Uh, yeah. So it's, I I do mine first, right? Yep. Yeah, I was honestly really looking forward to watching this movie because, like I said, there was a few scenes I actually remembered so clearly from this movie that I was like, that's actually an interesting way to go in. Because usually when I remember some of these movies, it's like vaguely with like little like like a line of dialogue or something there. I remember liking it. No, I I remembered some scenes, which is weird because I've only ever seen this movie once, but some of it I remembered so clearly. Yeah, same. So I was really looking forward. And like we all know that I will forever be a 16-year-old goth girl. Yes. In my heart. Mm-hmm. I love The Crow, which came out the same year. Mm-hmm. I love The Craft, which came out two years later. Anything that, like, this movie fits in with all those 90s goth girl fantasies. Mm-hmm. It should have been a home run. And no, no, it is burnt. <laughs> I give it to burnt. It's not good. I don't recommend anybody watch it unless you want, like, that was its one redeeming factor that I didn't feel like I wasted my whole Friday night because of how much we made fun of it while we were watching it. <laughs> like that is the only benefit to watching this movie is that if you have someone you want to make fun of it with to watch it with, because like it's not boring, but not in a good way. Cause like the things about it that are not boring are the things that you're laughing about. Yep. And this is supposed to be a serious, a serious cinematic experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you, darling. I think I said before we watched the movie, I think I said something to the effect of I'm either going to really like this or I'm going to be bored to tears. And I was pretty bored. <laughs> <laughs> I was not wrong. There was a couple scenes in the movie that I will say kind of held my attention, but like, if this was supposed to be a horror movie, it's not scary. No, nope, if it not was supposed to bit. be dramatic, it's too goofy. Yep. And if this was supposed to be thrilling, there's no suspense. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's burnt. It's the first, this is the first, first double, double burnt. burnt that wow. We've given. And it was my pick. Was Am I proud pick. or ashamed? It's considered a gothic horror film for genre. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I love a good slow burn horror film, but this is not that. No, <laughs> this wasn't even. This was the they couldn't even light the match. <laughs> <laughs> just pulling out a pack of wet matches. Yeah, like, just no, ah. no. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just not entertaining. It's not like it. The literal only things that held my attention were me being like. Why is this person doing that? Why does he look like that? What is she doing? What is the point? Like, I don't, I don't get any of this. This is, this is not a good movie. Yeah, there, there was, there and was... like, there's a difference between not a good movie and not a good movie. Because like, Gone in sixty seconds is not a good movie, and no. I had a lot of fun watching it. Yes, but this is not a good movie. There was a point. <laughs> there was a point in this movie. We were, we paused it. I think we just paused it to get a snack or something. 
And the thought went through my head. If you like this movie more than Hunt for Red October, <laughs> I I couldn't like I I would be like divorce. <laughs> so the guy who directed this also directed The Crying Game, which is like a big like suspense movie. I've never seen that one, but I know I mean, who doesn't know about The Crying Game and Yeah, he also yeah. directed Michael Collins after this. Yeah, like he he's directed some good movies. It's just this is not one of them yeah so yeah that's it that's that's the official word we both are in agreement burnt it's the first burnt. the first double burnt i'm proud of show. us we finally got here <laughs> oh i mean we knew it eventually eventually we were gonna find something that we'd be like oh man i can't wait for this and it would not be good <laughs> and this it's so it's not this good. yeah so yeah so take with that information what you will my recommendation is to not watch the film and i believe that would also be yours but well, actually no yours was watch it with someone who will make fun of the movie with you because that's 100%. the only entertainment you will get out of it yeah so there you go so that's that's your poster quote or what was it i said earlier is that uh it has no point the, it is a long way to get to no it, point it's a long way to get to nothing. It's a lot of work for no point for no yes basically that's what it was i said yeah so a lot of work for no point and then uh or no for something that doesn't matter yeah a lot of work for something that doesn't matter so there you go that is our you can put that on the poster a lot of work for something that doesn't Ugh. matter but i think that will do it for this week's episode but next week next week in my choice we will be taking a look at Batman. Wow. From 1989, the original Tim Burton Batman. I thought it was about time that we finally hit a superhero movie. Because, I mean, back in the day, they weren't as popular as they are now. First time we hit a superhero movie. I mean, I wanted something, especially after this movie, yeah. <laughs> that I was going to enjoy. And I feel like... I feel like I've seen Batman recently, like within like the last five years or so, and I still really enjoyed it. You know so what's, you know what's funny? I've seen Batman. And we'll talk about it in the episode, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. I've seen Batman Returns probably twenty times, and I've only ever seen Batman once. Wow! With you? Oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that next week. Nah, uh, no, no spoiler for next week. For next week, but for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn, I am Mike, and I'm Laura, and we hope you join us on our next episode. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Such a bad movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>